the Pinball Network is online. Launching Final Round Pinball Podcast. Player versus player and player versus machine. Welcome to the final round. Seventy-five. Not only the episode, but Marty's age. Welcome to the final round. <laughs> oh, uh, I mean, yeah, I'm. I'll, I'll let it go. Not interested. Whatever. Oh, you know, we, everybody knows. Everybody knows that you are significantly older than me. So I don't know why you keep trying to go with that joke. That's fine. That's fine. We're both old. That's the point. And, that's uh, really the point. What was it? Uh, <laughs> the party podcast said the line of the last episode was when you said, in my defense, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's possibly the best defense I could have. So used for every episode, but this is a new episode and we are actually going to talk pinball. I know I keep saying one of these episodes, we're not going to talk pinball. And I promise you that will definitely happen to the glory of everyone. And will we be canceled? Who gives a shit? It doesn't matter. 75, we got pinball uh, to talk about. We're going to get to a few things, but I was just thinking and I kind of did some research. I didn't tell you Oh this. shit. Fuck. Yeah. Okay. I did some research. The old, I mean, we've, here you are, 2023 coming into 2024. There are people that don't know there was an old podcast by the name of Head to Head Pinball. Oh, God, okay. A long time ago. A yeah. long fucking time ago. And it was a two-headed monster, then a three-headed monster. Some asshole named Pinside PD would crash it once in a while. But mm. it was kind of, uh, to me, it was... It was my favorite podcast, no question about it. And so when the opportunity for you to come with me to do this final round, had to do it for sure. But I'm looking at it. Here we are on 75. I think you did 75 shows with Ryan, and now you're 75 with me. Mm, okay, so time to call it quits. Is that what you're saying to me? Is, that, is this the way you're, you're setting it up? Is that where we're going? <laughs> is there uh, a shelf life to final round? Of course, of course there is. But I mean, there's only so many times we can fake to our audience that we're <laughs> giving up. <laughs> I think, I think the, the boys have cried wolf way too much. You know, it's obviously going to keep going because I have this need to talk to you. It might be once a month at worst, fortnightly at best. As long as I've got that need, this is going to keep going because we just talk and record. In that order, we talk first, we record second. <laughs> that's, that's what happens. It seems to work, maybe. Sure. sure. I have to admit, we've neglected the emails over the last few weeks, and we will get to that at the end of the show, and we'll go through them all because there's some gems in there. Yeah, there's some good ones. We always threaten, and it, it's a 100% legit threat. If you don't email us, goodbye. That's on you. <laughs> yeah. it, I don't know what would happen if people didn't actually record, whether we would actually stop but anyway it would be done i would stop you can do it by yourself yeah. that's fine fair enough okay although cool. if i think about it you've had a few co-hosts once in a while yeah you've had a few there was a, a bit of a rotating thing i mean it was ryan c for a while and then uh, joe lemaire was the regular which begs the question to ask who would survive in a ryan <laughs> c versus joe lemaire death match oh yeah we're doing it early i wanted to get 
just seeing the 75th show and thinking about that, I'm like, okay, well, let's put this to the test. Ryan C. left you high and dry. You thought, oh my God, what am I going to do? It's head to head. It's a, I can't do this without him. And then Joe Lemaire comes in, maybe puts a nail in the coffin, it ends the show, whatever, say what you want. <laughs> it ended and then you had to take a phone call from me, come on on the TPN. Okay, so here's how it's going to happen. These two radio veterans or podcast veterans are about to do their own podcast. Whether it's Ryan jerking off on Jesse J's pinball adventures or oh. Joe moving on to uh, the player's pinball podcast. But you happen to notice that there's some water attached to their microphone. Like it's, they're going to be electrocuted and you can save one Oh, okay. Of them. Is that what it is? Okay, That's is that what the, it is. The scenario? Okay. That's the sure. scenario. Who will it be? Ryan C., fellow countrymate who, you know, began your podcast career, but then kind of left you high and dry. Or Joe Lemaire, who kept it alive, and uh, then just, it, it, for whatever reason, that was the end of Head to Head. Hmm. I'm curious. Marty, who do okay. you save? Okay. First of all, you're a cunt. Okay? Like, that's <laughs> off the bat, you are. And I'll tell you why, listener. Because, <laughs> be- well, I mean, just because you are. Like, I think people should know that by now. But also, just a couple of things, the way you've set this up. First of all, Ryan did not leave me high and dry. Ryan was going through Broke some- Broke your heart. Massive, yeah, he did. But Dear he was John going Letter. through some. He was going through some massive personal stuff, and if I were him, I would have quit the podcast as well. Second of all, one night I was just beside myself, thinking, "What the hell am I going to do about um, final round? Final round? And you mean head to head? I mean head to head? Yeah, Fuck. yeah, whatever. You're Different not drunk name. yet, are you? No, oh, I've only been up half an hour. Anyway, you know that. Anyway, so. I was thinking about what I was going to do with Head to Head and I'd had this interview with somebody in the bag and I just, I didn't know what to do. So I just put the interview out with no banter before or after, no co-host or something. And it was the episode where (laughs) Zach Benny absolutely trashed Head to Head. And rightly so. He said we were trending down and that was terrible. But (laughs) it was was just, it was like this low point because I was already feeling really shit about the podcast, put out this very ordinary episode. That happened. And the day after, Joe Lemire said, hey, can I be your co-host? And cliche, but night in fucking shining armour. Right there, I just went, yeah, you are the person. There is absolutely life in it. And there was. And then it shut, it closed because I was fucking exhausted. You know, I quit my job. I quit life. I just wanted to just not have so much energy going to stuff that wasn't giving me joy anymore. That's setting it up, okay? I wonder who's going to get shocked here. Who's going to be zapped? That's all I give a okay, shit about. Okay, that's fine. I just wanted Cry to set that up. Cry me a fucking up. river. Kill somebody already, will you? Um, they can both fucking die. I don't care. Ooh. No, you can only kill one. No, is that? Well. No, people don't like when you bail out and kill them both. I, you have to Who's decide. these people? Name these names. Who are these people that say that I bail out? Jim Johnstein Tinchinson. And um, <laughs> <laughs> he was a big complainer. What was, sorry, what was, his, what was his last name again? Jim uh, well, Johnston. Well, there was also Tien. Fred Mander Tinchinson and uh, <laughs> Earl quite long names. Steenbergen. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Anyway, I don't want to disappoint our listeners. So Ryan C. or Joe okay. Lemaire. All right. Okay. Okay. Well, what I'm always trying to do with these scenarios is trying to find a loophole. Right, and here it is. So, if I was going to have a podcast, it would be a 
competition podcast. Now, who's the best person to talk to me about rules of games and competitions and is a very active competitive player? Mm-hmm. That's right. Joe Lemire saves Ryan C. Go and get fucking electrocuted up a mountain. You know. Wow. That's seems to be where he is these days. The guy who brought you into the podcasting world and now you He didn't give he didn't mm, birth me. Mm, like he didn't actually birth me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Yeah. Also Wait, did it bother you that he was the sexy one of uh head to head too? Was that a little I don't know. I, I yeah. would I don't know. Depends on what you're into. I'm not into twinks. <laughs> so anyway, also what I've got to look at this and go, who who will <laughs> who would crawl up into a fetal position if they found out that I would kill them? Oh, yeah, Joe would be. Ob- obviously, Joe. <laughs> He'd be a mess. So I've got to save Joe. Okay. Also, Joe Joe is just the loveliest person. You've just got to understand. I mean, obviously, they both are. I'm not saying this is not ones and zeros, Ryan. But he, he is. He's just a really nice guy. There you go. Well. Sorry. That was very, really uneventful for you, but that's what I try to do. No, it actually was more eventful than you even know because listening in the background was Ryan C., who's about to join us right now. <laughs> Look at that. It's Ryan C. Hello. Did you hear all that? I didn't know I was a twink. I always wondered what I was. <laughs> <laughs> Otter is the other word, just so you know. I don't want to check uh, Urban Dictionary and figure out things that are going to give me nightmares. You made me once look at something on Urban Dictionary and my computer basically I had to throw out. <laughs> Your screen melted. The funny thing is I'm now doing that to Ryan and this is something between Ryan and I. I send Ryan the grossest things I can possibly find on Instagram and he's disgusted and he, he's curious, you know, what's my search engine like? And yeah, it's pretty disturbing now. But I'm I'm going out of my way to find that. And it's all because of you, Ryan. You started it by sending me some absolutely disgusting things and a total nightmare. So I know when you go on your phone, you're probably, if I'm being honest, getting ready to rub one out. And I- <laughs> and so I, I'm trying to ruin that moment for you. In fact, one time I actually, I think I FaceTimed Ryan and he even said to me, he goes, I was just going to t- tug it. He had the Kleenex, the curtains ready. Everything was ready. <laughs> so I either wrecked it or he said, fuck it, I'm doing it anyway. You be the judge. Uh, is nothing, nothing private between us anymore? <laughs> no, there never has been, Ryan. You know that. I could just I be making Jeff, that up. I'm not. It's, uh, you could, but I'm really bad at lying. It's true. Um, <laughs> uh, I sent you one thing, Jeff, but I got you really good once, and that was like four years ago, and you have not stopped sending me horrible things on social media ever since. It's, uh, it's a lot, Jeff. It's a lot. Uh, it's great. I, and I show Anne, and she's like, oh, that's like she's now questioning her marriage to me. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that like social media platforms have profiles on people, right? And they're like, well, you know, uh, this person's into pinball. This person's into going out to nightclubs. And Jeff is just into some really weird, freaky shit. Uh, that's what your file says. The picture I posted on Facebook of the two monkeys kind of giving each other a little rogering, <laughs> poking holes and grabbing nuts and stuff. That was one of the videos I sent Ryan. I'm like, I got to mm. screen cap that. I'd hate to see what your wish feed looks like. Oh, I don't want to see it either. I don't want to see it either. I, I need a separate phone for my for my sending stuff to Ryan. 
Anyway, let's talk some pinball, shall we, boys? And and Ryan, I asked him to come on earlier in the week, and uh, he said, yes. Are we going to have any fucking notes? So I made some fucking notes. Here you go. I'm sorry, though, but I don't, I don't know anything about the rules of pinball. Uh, I, can, I can text Joe Lemire if you want to get some, some tips. Or, yep, correct. I don't know. Yes. He's the guy that knows. Well, yep. here's what I was thinking. I was in North Carolina on the weekend, and I was talking to some people at OBX, wonderful facility there at Flippers in the uh, Outer Banks, and it was a really a cool location. So I want to talk about location stuff, but what I really want to talk about is I play a lot of people whether it's league, social nights, and I know, Ryan, you do too, and, and Marty, you've had some experience in that too. And we'll get into the formats in a second, but it's interesting to hear how people really fell in love with pinball and what made them, like, because it's one thing to like pinball, but it's one thing to be obsessed, which a lot of we are and, and people probably listening to this podcast. What made people obsessed in pinball? And I'll go first. The first thing for me was really... Steve Ritchie's layouts. It was originally as a kid, Black Knight, and finding that unique. But when I hadn't seen pinball in 15 years, and I'm in Florida, and I come across an ACDC and a Spider-Man machine, which are very flowy and pretty easy to figure out. Oh, look, there's a multi-ball. This is kind of some fun stuff. That was it. And the reason I want to bring this up is because, you know, sometimes Steve gets a bad rep for, oh, everything's the samey and all that stuff. And I thought about it. I thought, that may or may not be true, but what is true is, holy fuck, he gets me excited about pinball. And it was those games. So what is it for you guys? Can I just say what's really, really interesting about this is that you and I obviously have not spoken or, or shared notes. I have in front of me a list of every single Steve Ritchie machine. Well, I know your history with roller games, and that was one of his. I know sure. you love that, but go on. But no, it's just interesting that you specifically talked about him and his layouts because that's the reason why I've got this list up was at a later stage to talk about layouts and what in particular about him because as you know, he was for a very long time my favourite designer. Not that you kind of need to have a favourite but he just was and probably still is up there. But it's interesting because I think about the moment I got addicted to pinball. Like I'd been, I'd played it for a long time but the, the time I got addicted to it was firepower. Mm. And it was because of multiple. It was exactly that reason I just went, oh, this is fucking cool. I've now got multiple balls. Admittedly, it was really hard to start multiple on firepower. But when you did, it was just freaking awesome. So yeah, there you go. Multiple for me. So Ryan, for you, uh, again, not talking about the newer games, because the games we like now are certainly different than the ones we first originally did. But what was the one that went, holy shit, pinball is great. And I know you're going to say strikes and spare, and it was the I was going to say that too. <laughs> Back to rubbing it out. Anyway, non-sexual, what got you into pinball, Ryan, if there is a possibility that there was something that <laughs> didn't give you an arousal? Well, okay, this memory just, just came to me. Uh, Strikes and Spares, my, my dad had at the back of his garage. It was also next to his tool shed. And <laughs> coinciding with the back glass, there was also my dad had like posters, like nude girl posters in the back there as well. So when I used to go downstairs and be like, I'm going to go play some pinball, I used to also have a little sneak peek as well. But um, when my dad uh, started kind of having pinball machines on location, it's funny that I've kind of followed in his, his footsteps inadvertently. I used to come home one day from school and he would have bought a new secondhand pinball machine. And to me, it was just, it was the moments. It was the moments that the pinball machines were creating where I, I, it's not like you see a reveal 
and you uh, watch a, a, a video talking about all of the all of the features and an interview with the designer and podcast, you walk up to a machine and you look at it and you're like, what what is this? What's going to happen when the ball goes here? And, you know, Adam's family, a hand coming out of nowhere and grabbing the ball, mm. um, you know, white water, getting that easy multi-ball where you'd be hitting the targets up in the middle, load the ball in the middle, and then the game with its speakers laughs at you. You know, you look at the topper and it's shining. Um, as a kid, those were these kind of iconic moments that stick with you. And then it's, as Marty said, it's multi-ball ensued by chaos. A, a moment happens, you know, you're nervous get, leading up to it. And then all of a sudden, this giant dopamine rush of trying to control the chaos. Could I just point something out there that I miss a lot in pinball? And it's something I used to absolutely love was walking into an arcade and seeing a pinball machine for the first time that you hadn't seen and were not even aware of, not even that the theme was going to come out, not even the actual game itself was going to come out. But you walk in something brand new and you just go, holy crap, what is this? And just walk up to it, have a look, scan the play field, hit the start button for the first time. Magic. We know so much about what's happening before it's happened now, which I kind of I kind of miss. Even like say going like you can compare it to a lot of things. Uh, remember going through you know Blockbuster or Video Easy, whatever a video store you went to, and picking a movie based on the front cover and maybe a little bit of the blurb, and then. You know, being surprised sometimes is a horrible movie, but like, wow, I didn't know anything about this movie and it took me on a journey. Um, there aren't many things in life anymore that uh, you can be truly surprised by because it's this, this a lot of noise and there's a lot of competing products and you can't sell a product anymore without it being revealed and to the nth degree. Yeah, I like that you said, oh, go into a video store and it's Blockbuster. We know there's no way you wanted a Blockbuster. It had three X's on it. And <laughs> and you, this is back in the day of videotapes. And did you ever notice the old porno tapes? Again, this is uh, basically I'm speaking to Ryan. Everyone else is just listening. But do you ever remember those old porno VHS tapes? They weren't in like regular boxes. They were like fucking huge cereal boxes. So everybody in the store knows you grabbed a porno. Do you remember how big they were? I was I was mm, too young for that. No. I never got to rent one of them. But uh, in grade six, I would yeah, like when I was thirteen years old, we got dial-up internet. So that was fun. Sure, sure. <laughs> but Marty, I can relate. Not so much the new games going in, but if I went into a proper pinball parlor and. I would scan basically the back glasses. I, I wouldn't even look at the play field unless I was actually putting a quarter in. It was the back glass that got me to put a quarter in back when I first was in pinball. And obviously now I, I certainly admire the back glass, but it's the play field is the first thing my eyes are drawn to now that I'm in pinball and playing competitively. I don't care about back glasses or cabinet art. And it's, it's really funny when people go, oh, I really don't like the art. I'm like, no, the art's fantastic. Have a look at the, the play field here. And they're like, oh, no, I'm talking about the cabinet. Well, I don't play the cabinet and I don't play the back glass. I'm only interested in the play field. So it is the back glass. Back, back then, when I'm talking about the heyday for me was, you know, we're talking probably 86 to 95. That era was when I was just constantly in arcades seeing new games. The theme wasn't really that important to me. It was the fact that it was something that was new and therefore different. And so I would put lots of money through it, whether it was good or not. And I think back then, like Ryan was saying with the videotape, because it's your own personal experience. You go to the the store, pick a tape based on whatever and watch it. You've got no external influences on you. 
Nobody knows that you're watching it. Nobody's going to have a go at you. No one's going to tell you, oh, you watched that? That's terrible. Like they do now with certain games where you say you like a game, people are like, oh, it's fucking rubbish. It's shit. It's like, oh, okay, I now need to rethink my life. Yeah, that's a shame. The only thing I can say is that I guess there, and, and I never really did this because I find it, I found it quite intimidating being really young. But when I used to go to like an AMF bowling party, uh, there used to be a giant line of pinball machines. And I guess maybe Marty was there, uh, you know, you look at people playing pinball and see where people are crowding around and which one looks cool based on someone, someone playing it. I guess that's the only factor you can consider versus, you know, a trailer and podcasts and interviews. But it's, it's like, I love. Gottlieb games from, you know, early, early 80s, right? And people just rubbish those games. It's like, what? Can I just, I enjoyed those games. Why can't I still continue to like those games? Whatever. Ryan liked barbed wire. I know that much. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard when people. I bet it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> when people are getting into pinball or trying to learn about pinball, and usually the first questions they ask is, is there this theme, you know, something that they really, they really love? Is there a South Park pinball machine? And it's, I have to bite my tongue. I Because I, my normal response is, yeah, but it's shit. Yes, there's a, a Back to the Future, but it's shit. Because if they played that pinball machine, they would probably have the time of their life. So I just have slowly retrained myself to say, yes, there is. You know, if you want to go and play it, there's one on this location. Because we're so deeply into the to the hobby that we have our opinions and it's, it's hard. You have to retrain yourself with all the the negativity and uh, our, our amazing choice of how many new pinball machines we can buy. It's, I think, a, a, a skill now to, to not rubbish games. Okay, that brings us to the next point. There are so many pinball machines. Well, 2023 has been, I think, a record year for a number of pinball machines that have been released. Certainly the number of pinball companies. Marty, you may be well aware of this or not. It's hard to say. Let's look back at 2022, kind of a soft year in pinball, really, just coming out of the pandemic. You had Rush, you had Weird Al, you had Toy Story 4, you had James Bond, whether it's the regular or the 60th, you had Queen and Super Hoop. That was it. You had uh, reimagined machines in Fathom Revisited, Funhouse 2.0, and Cactus Canyon Remake. That's child's play compared to what came out in 2023 as far as being able to... uh, be purchased. So I'm, I'm not going to include uh, Centaur yet because I don't think you're shipping them until 2024. I could be wrong, but add that in there if you want. But certainly you've got Venom, Foo Fighters, Godfather, Elton John, and kudos to Jersey Jack for getting two out this year. They've always wanted to do that. They did that. Final Resistance, Galactic Tank Force, Scooby-Doo, uh, Labyrinth, Pulp Fiction, Punny Factory, Elements, The Ninja Game, and I'm sorry, I forgot the name. And this is Spinal Crap. Sorry, Spinal Tap. That's a lot of fucking games. How are they all going to survive? Um, hmm. They're going to survive if they produce good games, I think is what it is. I think that there, there is now a market size. I, I think the market's grown to what it's going to grow for some time. So now it's just market share. So the smaller companies you know, only need to produce smaller units to be considered successful. And this is the whole win-lose mentality that, you know, drives me nuts. It's you're either Stern and Jersey Jack or you're nobody. Well, no, you've got to understand that some companies only need to make a couple of hundred machines a year to be successful, not thousands. So you're right. 
You know what? I remember when there weren't this many and Spooky was doing what they were doing. I'm like, how can they survive when these other companies are doing it? And it was all based on their business model. And if they could sell this many games, they were profitable. So exactly what you're saying is true for these other companies as well. I remember asking Charlie Emery, um, I can't remember what game they were up to then. I think it was maybe TNA or just before TNA. And I was like, like, don't you have these ambitions to, to grow and make thousands of pinball machines? And he, and he was like, no. And I, I didn't get it at the time, but now I think I understand more. And it's about they know where their position is in the market. They knew that if they tried to reach for the stars potentially too early, then it would have caused a lot of issues further down the track. Sure, they could have made more TNAs back then, but then, you know, ramping up and hiring a million employees and then and then getting rid of them. So for them, it's, I know they've gone through a couple of little road bumps along the way, but for them, it was a different, a different approach. And, you know, they weren't trying to be the next Stern or JJP. And also you've got to ask, whoever's at the helm, whoever stands to gain the most financially, what do they need? How much money do they need to be considered successful? For Charlie, it could be, he only needs $100,000 a year. You know what I mean? Like, which is a decent salary for a lot of people, right? We're talking US. So you, you've got to ask, what do they need? Have they got 20 people in their senior leadership team all needing to earn a million dollars a year? I'm not saying that's what Stern is, but it could be versus a smaller company like Spooky that just needs Charlie to have a salary that keeps him in pinball as his full-time job as opposed to having to do the other stuff. Hmm. Well, I hope everyone survives. I've always felt the more, the better. Uh, I don't know, you know, if numbers are going to come down a little bit because people only have so much money or will this bring new people into the hobby? I bring this up uh, because at Expo, I got to play the latest from Barrels of Fun and your country mate, Dave Van S, who put together a fucking great game. That is a fun, fun game. Can I just confirm, Ryan, you might know this. Is Dave Australian or New Zealand? Australian. Is he? Uh, I wasn't ever sure. Just FYI, everybody in North America considers it one country. And I know it's not, but I'm just saying. So, so you live in America? How many times have you, people said that? I live in North America, but you're right. I'm basically pissing on New Zealand. Sorry, you're not big enough to have your own country. You're part of Australia. <laughs> New Zealand's come, come to Australia and work and stay here forever without, like, there's a, like, it's, it's basically the same country. Aha! Uh-huh. <laughs> there we go. Just don't tell New Zealanders that. Anyway, so what did you think of Labyrinth? Really spectacular. I mean, it gets used a lot and jokingly the world under glass term. That's a pretty good world under glass. That was a lot of fun. And I got a few games on it, not certainly anything deep, but I liked the way it flipped. I liked what I was seeing, uh, the animations. It was a massive line at Expo. I had a hard time hearing anybody say anything negative about it because it was just fun. And that's what pinball is supposed to be. So uh, a great secret, a uh, good job putting this company together, a lot of hard work. And uh, my God, I hope he sells out because uh, they make good games. Well, isn't that, uh, I mean, did I see a rumor on, on Nap Arcade a couple of weeks ago about Fifth Element being potentially yeah. a, a theme they had up their sleeve, which is just, yeah. It's, it's going to get to the point now, maybe in a couple of years, where people can say, what's your dream theme? It's like, wow, it's already been done. Because there's, uh, yeah, people, if there's enough pinball companies, surely... <laughs> Everything will be made eventually. Yeah, but look at how many games Stern has remade. They did Jurassic Park. They did Godzilla. Um, they've Bond has been done before. They've done a lot of rethemes. 
Oh, you, you mean like new versions of old themes? Yes, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. Look, we've had this discussion about where the market is at the moment. And I think Venom was a really interesting turning point for Stern because I don't think it sold as many units as they would like. I've got no evidence to back that up just based on lots of conversations and having a look at the market. And whenever they vault something, you know that that's keeping the production line full when there's been a a title that hasn't been so successful. I think going into like, let's say Labyrinth and Fifth Element, I think right now, if you want a successful title, you can't give us a B theme. It's got to be an A title to absolutely get the numbers. And that's why I think, and, and, and when I say theme, it's also theme plus game. The issue with Venom is I think that Venom was, is a bit of a B theme, that none of the movies have been that well received. And I think people's response to the layout was a little bit lukewarm, even though I think it plays great. Jeff says it plays too easy. Yeah, whatever. Hold on a second. Let me follow up that. Venom is my favorite Dwight Sullivan game. Yeah, cool. Did you buy one? No, but I wasn't. I'm not in the. <laughs> no, but that doesn't mean. That, doesn't, that means nothing. <laughs> that means nothing. Would I buy one? Yes, I would. No, but you haven't. And it means, it means everything because if it was an absolute killer theme for you, you would sell your children or one of your people machines to get it. What I'm saying is that that's the overall feeling I got from Venom was a lot of people were like, you know, it looks good and I'm, I'm looking forward to playing it, but I don't necessarily want to own it. And given right now, I, I don't know what it's like globally, but in Australia, I think we've just had our 15th interest rate rise. I think it's about 15 of them over the space of a year, maybe, Ryan, if you can correct me. So Yeah, a year and a half or so. Yeah, so the amount of money that people now need to spend on their mortgages per month is, you know, two, three thousand, sometimes five, six thousand dollars more mm-hmm. than what it was a year ago. So there's just not that level of disposable income. And also there's a lot of fear at the moment that the economy is going to get worse. So people are they're holding on to their money rather than splurging. So if you want somebody to splurge, you've got to give us an absolute killer game. Otherwise, people are going to go, you know what, I'll keep my money until something better comes along. Well, you're talking about things always rising and people wanting to splurge. Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it's interesting because I think the, the formula for how well a game sells uh, might be as simple as if it's a good game, it'll sell. But I think it's, it's heavily affected by so many variables. And one of them is like, how much money is there in the market? How much money is, is sitting there burning a hole in someone's pocket at that time? And if a game that sells really well, like I think Foo Fighters sold really well, comes out before, and then something like Venom comes out, then people are like, ah, oh, I'll wait until see, like, you know, what's coming up next? That's just one thing. And I think, yeah, the economy, how strong the theme is, if it's going to do well on location. I mean, I've got Spider-Man on location, so uh, that cost me half of what a Venom Pro would cost brand new. And to the average player, like, I don't think they're going to choose Venom over Spider-Man. Like, maybe for the first couple of months it'll earn more. So for me, it's like, well, why would I spend, you know, $12,000 for the cheapest version in Australia to, to, to buy that? Okay. There's a lot of factors. I agree the economy is not the greatest. No question about it. But do you not think, and I might have banged this drum earlier in this podcast, a few episodes ago, quite a few, do you not think that some people are holding on to their pinball money 
waiting and waiting and waiting for Elwin's next game. Because you know it's going to be a banger, and whatever the theme is, I think people are sitting on their money waiting for the Elwin game because it's been two fucking years. I still think Stern made a mistake in doing that. I think when you got a guy like him, uh, yeah, the line's moving. Yeah, that's great. Guess what? You're now putting Led Zeppelins and Rush and Turtles on sale and discounting these prices because maybe they're just not the great games that old Elwin makes. The seasoned veteran. No, disagree. But I do. Talk it out. You really don't think. Sorry. Venom is a great game, and that's the new one from Stern. I really, really enjoy that game. I'm putting it into a tournament that I'm running in a couple of weeks because I think it's a wonderful game. But I'm telling you, people are waiting for Elwin doesn't even need a fucking A-list theme, and it, it's still going to be a great game. I'm telling you. Jaws. That's the rumor. And that is a great theme. See, I think, it's the, I think people are interested in the... I think people aren't holding off their money saying, ooh, I want that next Elwin. People are like, I want Jaws. Jaws is a, is a grail theme for so many people. They are aware it is a pinball that exists. They are aware that it exists. That's what they're holding off. They're holding off on Jaws. The fact that it's an Elwin Jaws, even better. But I think they're holding off on a Jaws, not an Elwin. Maybe it's the best of both worlds, but I'm calling bullshit because Iron Maiden isn't the theme that people were waiting for, but the game played so great, they're like, oh my God. And then he follows it up with Jurassic Park. I don't even think Avengers was a theme people were waiting for. I wouldn't call that an A theme, especially when it was cartoon, but it's still a great game. Is it Elwin's best? No, it's still a pretty fucking awesome game and sold pretty well. It doesn't matter what Elwin's theme is. I'm telling you. Mm, okay. How did Bond 60th sell? Oh, you mean how did they price that game? No, how did it sell? I think you mean how did they price that, that ridiculous good. game? If it's that good, if it's that good though. No, you don't pay the 25000 or whatever stupid price that is. That's horse shit. And I'm glad it didn't sell because, sorry, that's you're trying to push the envelope. That's great. That's fine. No, no. Pull back a little bit. Yeah, agreed. Thank you. Have you played that, Marty? No, I really, really want to play it. Have you? No, I think someone, someone in, our, in our little pinball community has it or maybe had it and sold it. So I'm not sure if it's too late for us to, to go and play okay. it. Okay. Yeah, it's fine. It's great. It's good. It's not, holy shit, I got to own this. I don't even know if it was regular priced if I would want it in my collection compared to other games. Marty, you brought up the point of, I like Venom, but would I buy it? No, I, I'm not going to buy it. Would I buy it if money wasn't an object and I had the room? Yes, I would. I like it that much. But for me to buy a game, I the last game I bought was uh, Godzilla quite a while ago. Technically, it's also Centaur. And I'm buying it because I've always liked the game. I like the fact that I'm not getting a 40-year-old game. I like that there's new code. I'm not crazy about what's going to be on the apron of the back box. That scares the shit out of me. But <laughs> But I bought it because I like the company. I like the staff that work there. I have faith in them. I've seen what they've done with Fathom, and I'm excited. So I could buy a Centaur a lot cheaper, but I want to do this purchase for all of those reasons I just mentioned. But is it really like, I have 10 machines here. Is it one of my 10 favorites? No, but I want to experience it. I'm pretty excited for that. So But that's, and that's what it is. It's, it it is, it's the experience that's important to you. And it's, that's kind of like the, the Venom experience for me. I, I absolutely loved, loved playing Venom, but I couldn't – I mean, you're probably in the situation I am, and I know Ryan is as well. Whenever a new game, game comes out, people constantly message me sort of trying to get my opinion so they can decide whether they're going to buy a machine 
or not. I, I, I get it every time a game is released. With Venom, I, I just, I wasn't an advocate for it, so I couldn't actually recommend it was the problem. I'll tell you why I like it. And Dwight, you're a big reason for this. The game requires you to shoot all shots. I love pinball machines like Godzilla that make you hit every spot on the play field. And some of the games that I have mentioned earlier, maybe there's only three shots in a game and that's all you have to do. Well, Venom, you got to hit everywhere. So I like that. It requires more skill. Ryan? I haven't played Venom, so I'm sorry. I have no opinions. <laughs> okay, but without playing it, just, just looking at it on paper, does it seem appeal? Like, is it something that you go, oh, I really want to play that? Do you know what's really embarrassing? <laughs> this guy's so out of podcasting. Holy shit. He's- I haven't watched anything about wow. it. I would have looked at, like, the reveal pictures, and I'd be like, all right, cool. I'll play it when, I, when, it's, when it's on location, and I haven't, I haven't played it yet. That's how abstracted I am from New Pinball at the moment. <laughs> okay, you're, but you're an operator, and even though you're out of it and you're not podcasting and, you know, you're soiling your oats across the fine country of Australia slash New Zealand, you're an operator. Doesn't that mean you have to kind of keep up on what's new? Because maybe, maybe uh, this would be a good earner. Yeah, so that's like Venom, the theme, done. Not a good earner. But that's enough for me to know that it's not going to it's not gonna be good enough to to earn more than something like Spider-Man or Stranger Things. Who the fuck cares about, the, like, Venom? Like, no, nobody. It's like the, the, the poor child of... Like, it's Spider-Man. All, every kid loves Spider-Man. There'll be a couple of weird kids that like Venom. That's it. Prove me wrong. No, I... I so, I think then you've got... If the theme is not that great, then the layout needs to be absolutely spectacular. And I would put Godzilla into that category... Yeah, don't forget to pick up your Godzilla when you can, Ryan. Uh, <laughs> still, yeah, I've still got it. Um, in that it's not necessarily, it's the theme for everybody, but it's not overall one of the best themes ever. Godzilla is, I think it's more of a niche sort of thing, but you put a fantastic layout with fantastic code, you know, the Elwin effect, then you get a spectacular game that compensates for a, a good but not killer theme. So... That's what I was saying. Like if you if Venom's going to come out and it's a B theme, then you better make sure that it has got one of the most spectacular layouts and gaming experiences to just make up for that theme. And, I, and I'm not trying to rubbish the theme. I think it actually looks great. I, I love the art. I, I think the theme integration is fantastic. But as a an emotional shut up and take my money up front without looking at it, I, I think you've got a smaller market there. What the hell was that in the background? Crickets. No, I think he's watching that chimp video of those two reaching around. And <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ryan's given us his opinion from an operator standpoint. You know, we have uh, some thoughts on whether the theme is enough, whether it's obviously a reason to buy a game. I want to ask Ryan this question because he spends probably more time than you and I in arcades, whether it's running comps, servicing his machines. What is an ideal arcade to you as an operator and Marty, you tell me what is an ideal arcade for you as a player? Cause they might be different. Ryan. Sorry. I'm, ans- I'm answering as an, as an operator. Yes. What are you, what are, birds? Are those birds? What are you doing? Yeah. I'm sitting outside. There's birds. I, I don't live in the city, Jeff. I'm in the burbs. Okay. Um, 
what makes a good uh, location. So uh, easy access to the to the pinball machine is not hidden away somewhere in a separate room. So if you you walk into the place, you want to see the flashing lights. Um, obviously, the location has to be has to hit all of the all of the check boxes in in. Uh, it can't be too hot. <laughs> the problem with Moondog World is that it gets really freaking hot in there, and there's no ventilation in the in the little bunker it's in. Um, so okay, those birds be- are driving me nuts. This is worse than Jonathan Juston eating while podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me? To, I can. I can. I can go inside if you want, or shoot them. Go <laughs> they are Indian miners. It's. I think it is legal to to kill them in Australia because <laughs> uh, they're not native. All right, I'll move inside. One second. Good God. <laughs> just thinking of the one listener we have who uh, is tormented by birds they might have a bird fetish you never know <laughs> I th- yeah, we're have not- you seen our listeners hold on spotify number one podcast for people with bird fetishes fuck fine around there we are <laughs> jesse jay's obsessed with birds Imagine oh why don't you do a fucking podcast with her then what? You've got such a weird thing with Jesse J, Jeff. I don't get it. All right. Um, yeah, it has to have good food, you know, uh, not too expensive. Pinball machines that are stuck on the side don't make money. Uh, as in, like, if you have a row um, and, and, and it's a busy place, the pinball machine in the corner makes the least amount of money because people don't like to feel claustrophobic. It's a weird thing. Uh, it doesn't matter what pinball machine there is there, the best pinball machine. The pinball machine in the middle usually makes the most. People, it's some weird psychological thing. Lights, I think some old people can't see. Jeff, if the, it's, uh, it's too dark. I fucking hate dark arcades. Hate them. Sorry, I want to support. Can't do it. Overall, like me and Marty talked about a while ago, go to Netherworld in... Queensland. That's it. That's your perfect kind of yep. place. It's a, a place that you would go there even if they didn't have pinball machines. And the fact they have pinball machines is the, the icing on the cake. But it is just a great vibe, great people, great community. Oh my God. Great food. Oh my God. Great food. They run like events all the time to keep people interested. It's just, it's the place to be. Uh, if, you, if you ever go to Australia and end up in, in Queensland, Netherworld is like one of the best arcades i've ever been to agreed marty when you're playing games what do you like about arcades okay i'll tell you the one thing the one thing absolutely no kids (laughs) wow (laughs) marty likes going to chuck e cheese when there's no kids no i've got i've got a really good reason for this and anyone that knows me hi james and jackie know how much i hate kids in arcades because if I'm if I'm playing no I've got a good read. If I'm playing a pinball machine, what the kids do is they go halfway up the pinball machine, looking over the pinball machine, talking to each other while you're playing. First of all, you're not my children, so therefore I don't care for you whatsoever. And second of all, you're interrupting my game that I'm I'm playing. I'm trying to, and I remember this this one time. We used to have a tournament that was at Supernova, which is like Comic-Con. You know, there used to be a, a national tournament. And so at Supernova, there was uh, a tournament. But the way that you needed to qualify was to get high scores on various games in different time zones in Australia. And I, I drove, I don't know, it might have been an hour, hour and a half to Geelong just because I knew people weren't going to go there just so I could qualify on this game there. And the whole time I was trying to qualify, these three or four kids would just – 
heads over the side of the pinball machine the entire time. And I wanted to fucking stab them. The funny thing is they were his kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were Ryan's kids. So, no. They're it's such hard. A, they're beautiful. You want the, the future generation to enjoy pinball, but just not while you're there. <laughs> just some other time. Correct. I have a deal with, with the location that I have most of my pinball machines at that on Monday they turn all the pinball machines on free play. And uh, I didn't actually go for a while to see how it was going. And then one day something broke and I, and I went down on a Monday night and it was absolute chaos in there. And it, it, in my head, I'm like, ah, oh, people like, you know, like adults said, uh, you know, don't want to spend too much money uh, going. No, it was people bringing their kids and saying, fuck off, go to the arcade, leave mummy and daddy alone to have some dinner and a beer in peace. And, and usually that requires them to just give them an unlimited amount of money. They come back every 10 minutes wanting 20 bucks. But when it's on free play, then they can just stay in there for hours. So I went in there and there was 15 kids playing seven pinball machines. And it was a, it's a circus. And some people can deal really well with external noise. But one, a pinball machine is pretty chaotic to begin with. Two, when there's seven pinball machines going off at once, that's a lot. If you add 15 kids screaming on top of that, it's uh, it's too much. So, yeah, no kids. Good rule, Matty. There you go. And how many of those machines had four players on them and no one playing it? Four players, uh, not even looking, just clacking and looking at the screen. Yeah, maybe one or two of them might be the future Escher Lefkoff. You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that's, that's hey, I'm all for no alive, kids. But- <laughs> I'm all for no kids, too. I just don't want them playing in tournaments and winning them. So, sorry, Zoller. Until you're 21, yeah. uh, Jared August, you're 20, still a child to me. Beat it. Yeah. Like this whole, the future of pinball, who gives a fuck? I don't want <laughs> them winning these tournaments. Like, think about me. Like, who is this good for? Who is the, who, who's actually benefiting from the next generation? What Marty is trying to say is we only have a few years left. Let us enjoy it while we can. Kids, Correct. you've got several years left. We're on our back nine. I get it. You've got iPods and iPads. Use them is what I'm saying. I- <laughs> iPods. I don't think people have iPods anymore, do they? No. no. I've, I've still got one, but it um, wow. doesn't work all that well. Is it right beside your pager? Yep. <laughs> and his Microsoft Zoom. And my defibrillator. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, speaking of kids, I mentioned I was at OBX Flippers. It was part of the Stern Pro circuit. And I'm going to say this now, Marty, because I know you want to. I didn't do well. That's fine. I had a bad. Sometimes, you know, I can't win them all. It's okay. Had a rough one, but that's not what I'm bringing up. But I, I'll, I'll mention it because some say I like to gloat. I don't believe it, but uh, well, I, I knew you hadn't done well. Do you mm-hmm. know how I knew? I didn't bring it up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but what was neat about this place, and it was the pinball area was fantastic. They really, that's a fun place. They must do really well. It's it seems like a real summer location because of the uh, uh, right on the ocean there. But anyway, there were six birthday parties going on <laughs> on the Saturday, and I forgot to bring my headphones. So I went oh my to my God. car and I grabbed my styrofoam, like not styrofoam, I grabbed my foam earplugs and put those in and I was walking around and I was like, okay, I, I've mm. never had a bigger headache in all my life. You would have died. So going back to my point, like obviously number one is, is no kids, but the, the things, and, and we talked about Netherworld as well, is the pinball machines that you've got there and the condition of them are going to be the things that get me there, right? The, the variety of games and the, the titles themselves is what's going to get me there. What's going to keep me there is the condition of the games. 
Second is <laughs> the price of the drinks. Yeah. And third is what sort of food is on offer. The reason being, it's an obvious formula. The better though all those things are, the longer I will be there and the more money I will be putting into the establishment. Condition of the games is pretty important. I'm going to Vegas next month. And I'm telling you right now, <laughs> I'm not setting one foot in the Pinball Hall of Fame. As much as I want to see it, everything I see on social media is just talking about how horrible the games are for condition. Don't take your kids. I'm reading a lot about how rude the staff is. That's not good. I have know a lot of people that are banned there. So I'm, by saying this, probably preemptively banning myself yep. from that place. But um, So you've never been before? I went to the old one. and Yep, same. It was a midday. It was quiet. It was fine. Some games worked, some didn't. But I just, listen, I can't really imagine me wanting to go there and just be belittled by staff. I like to do the belittling if you must yeah. know. Yeah, we do know. Yeah. So I'm not going to do that. Isn't that, isn't that weird? Like I'm right there. I'm not even going to set foot in it. It's weird when you're that close to something and you don't even go in. Like it reminds me of radio day stuff. I had backstage passes to see Def Leppard. I was across the street, not even like not even 400 meters, not even a quarter of a mile away. Not only did I not go backstage, I didn't even go to the concert. I'm like, I don't want to fucking hear Def Leppard. <laughs> yeah, not my band, but they would have put on a good show. They're, they're touring at the moment here. Yeah, I, I was good. I, I Motley Crue, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's uh, another band that yeah. should call it quits. <laughs> call it a day, Motley Crue, when you can't hit the notes when you're... Listen, when bands are fucking playing to tape, like Britney, speaking of Vegas... I'm not going to see Britney Spears, and you probably love Britney Spears. I'm not going to see her lip sync every single song. Not happening. Yeah, true. Yeah. I'll watch her spin around knives on social media, though. That's pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. I love the band Heart, and I've seen them 11 times. I saw a recent video of Ann Wilson singing, uh, and she's 72 years old and not hitting the notes. I'm like, uh, I don't want to see that. I, my memory is yeah. good. I'm leaving it. No, that's exactly right. You don't want to ruin all the memories that you've got. So yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, I've traveled the world. I, I would say I'm quite worldly. You've been to New Zealand? Yeah, I have. I've okay. been to Dandenong. Uh, <laughs> I would say of all the holidays that I've had, Vegas, number one. Absolutely number one holiday ever. And would desperately go back. And if I went back, I also wouldn't go to the Pinball Hall of Fame. No, why bother? Just not great. I have good memories in Vegas when I went. <laughs> good memories. Yeah, what Ryan did when he went there, I remember this specifically. Oh, he, he, he got kicked paid, in the nuts. He paid <laughs> a man right. to kick him in the nuts. I'm not making no, this up. That's, that. that's not the story. It's not the story. Did you, you have somebody kick you in the nuts, yes or no? It's, did you have somebody kick you in the nuts, yes or no? Yeah, yes, I did. Thank you. <laughs> so what's not the story? The story is that I saw a bunch of rednecks um, in, in old Vegas holding up a sign saying, kick me in the nuts for 20 bucks. I bet you kick like a bitch. No cup, no joke. And I was, I was pretty drunk at the time. Uh, I was with a group of people that I, I made friends with. Um, I walked up to him and I said, really no cup? He's like, yeah. I'm like, how do I know? He's like, you can test. And without thinking. So you just grabbed it for like 10 minutes. I'm like, I'm not sure yet. I I think, no, no, I think. I tapped his crotch with the back of my hand, Mm -hmm. thinking that I'm going to hear like a, like a good, like a sound, but no, it was, it was his dick. Uh, And I'm like, all right. 
I gave him $20. And then by the time I got to this point, there was a massive crowd around me because no one was dumb enough to pay someone to do it. But I was thinking, when am I going to get the opportunity to kick someone in the nuts for 20 bucks? So I wound up, kicked him as hard as I could in the nuts and nothing happened. It was so unsatisfying. I don't know what I, what I wanted out of the experience, but it, it wasn't that. And then the crowd kind of dispersed. And then I had my group of friends and I was like, how did he do it? Does he, was, was he spreading his legs in a certain way that it kind of cre- like his jeans created like a protection layer? So I turned around to one of the girls in the groups and I said, hey, uh, I'm going to spread my legs. Can you kick me in the nuts like the softest, like, like a feather kick? And I'll see if I can feel it at all. And she's like, sure. Her friend gets a camera out. She winds up and she kicks me in the nuts as hard as she could. And I fell on the floor wincing for like five minutes. And it's on film on Facebook. That's your intro Tinder video, if I recall. (laughs) (laughs) Don't kink shame me, Jeff. Don't kink shame me. (laughs) Okay. Did you go back to pinball? Did you go to the pinball hall of fame when you were at Vegas? I did. Um, I, yeah, half of the machines were broken. Usually the ones that I wanted to to play, like I really wanted to play Waterworld because I've never seen it before. And it was so broken. Like the ball ejects, but then stuff doesn't happen. Um, and I didn't report any anything, but I did want to walk up to Tim Arnold and have a chat to him because I thought it was quite amazing. I heard the his story um, from Clay on Topcast from a while ago. And in my head, I was thinking maybe we can interview him one day. And I remember walking up to uh, seeing him fixing a pinball machine and kind of standing there for 30 seconds and him not putting his head up. So I finally said something. <laughs> And he put his head up and hit his head on like a solid, like he was in a pinball machine and he hit his head because I scared him. And he looked at me and he's like, what? And I was like, never mind. <laughs> I just <laughs> turned around. There was like, yeah, knowing, hearing all the stories about how grumpy he was and then making him hit his head on a pinball machine. There was just no chance that the conversation would have gone anywhere productive. So, and went, yeah. then he kicked you in the nuts. <laughs> he kicked me nuts and I paid him $20. Uh, I got a couple more points here. One, I'm running this big tournament in a couple of weeks called the Ontario Open. It's kind of five tournaments in three days a women's tournament. We've got a classics, a, a match play, three strikes, and also just kind of a pump and dump. So, different varieties of tournaments. And I kind of did a trial run uh, the other night and for a lot of those people, they had never played in a match play tournament, meaning a Pinberg style, you know, you and three players will be in a group and you play this bank of games. Yegpin does it as well. And the comments I got from some of the people were, wow, what a fun format. This is totally different. And, you know, obviously the next round you play with a different group of four. And I know that probably for you, Ryan, whether it's on location or you running comps, they're probably the same format for the most part. I'm getting really into the Amazing Race format. I think that's a lot of fun too. But are you finding different experiences with different formats or are you just kind of doing the same old, same old? Most of the same old, same old because, you know, time restrictions, uh, you know, with, with locations, you're running a tournament on a Wednesday night, no one wants it to go to till 1 a.m. Yeah, there isn't that much. It's, it's split between best game qualifying and the reason why we do that at our monthly is so that people can rock up as early as possible and get their games out. Having a format where everyone has to arrive at the same time sometimes limits the amount of people that can come because some people, you know, can only come at 7.30 and you want to start at at 6.30 or 7. 
but then the finals format is the one that you can usually run whatever whatever format you want and that's where the, the variety comes in where it be strikes elimination match play flip frenzy our monthly comps that's where the the variability comes but i mean it depends on the person like we discussed before everyone loves something different out of pinball some people hate best game format because they they like the social side of playing match play some people don't like match play because they they feel like it's too slow and they play a small amount of games than say best game or or a flip frenzy so it depends on the person and what they're trying to get out of their competition experience when i first got into pinball i wanted to do nothing but play pinball at pinball tournaments it wasn't a social thing for me it was i want to play pinball because that's that's why i'm here Um, and that's slowly evolved what's your favorite format marty um Hmm. I reckon the best format I've enjoyed was um, match play qualifying and match play finals. The hard thing about it is just having enough machines. Yeah. You really need a big place. That's why Pinburg was successful, Yegpin. It's just unfortunately tough to do if you had all modern games. It'd be a long, long round for sure. And you probably wouldn't get that many rounds in. But when it works, my God, it's fun. I agree. I like that uh, your fellow country mate. And even though I won the Pinball Profile World Tour event in Australia, I actually don't have the trophy. You don't have to mention it. Ah, fuck it. No, let to mention it. Yeah, whatever. Uh, anyway. Greg Silby's going to be very angry at you. Is he? Is yep. he? I think the statute of limitations has uh, expired on that. But anyway, listen, if uh, bands can say we're, we're calling it quits and then come back on tour, I can do the same. Anyway, the point is, I don't have the trophy. <laughs> I didn't want to bring it back to Canada, so he finished second. But Simon, it's Simon Ray Allen, correct? Sure. He created something that's really cool, and I'm looking forward to using this because I do a lot of the commentaries in tournaments, and when you're playing in groups of four and the top two people advance, usually it's kind of 4 two, one, zero scoring. It's always difficult on game three to figure out the math of how to uh, see who can advance, what possibilities have to happen, and he, he did something really cool that's uh, available, I think, even now through match play. What is it, Ryan? Uh, pin. Oh my gosh, what's it called, Jeff? Pinwin. <laughs> Pinwin. Yeah, it's a little tiny website, a little widget where you can go in, type the results in, and uh, it clicks a button and gives you all the possible combinations on the last game depending on the scoring format. But yeah, it is now quite quickly has been integrated into match play so if you click on uh there's a button you can click and it go opens up a little side panel on the latest version of match play it'll send like there's an external link it's now hooked up via an api and it'll i think automatically show you what's needed to win uh, or even come second you know like well if i win this game will I at least scrape into to come second or third um what's the format that needs to happen um do i need to just pass you know player two do i need to what needs to happen so definitely great for for commentators some people don't like to know i'm not sure about you marty or jeff but sometimes i think people get really nervous if they have to figure out exactly what they need to do because that's usually the opposite of what happens like if i just need to hit this ramp one time i will win and then you, you miss it but if you think you have to hit the ramp 11 times you'll mm-hmm. probably hit it 10 and then miss the last one so it's the same thing. Marty Sometimes loves just- that when uh, you're right behind him and telling the scenarios, don't you, buddy? That's your favorite. <laughs> well, do you know what? I remember early days. Uh, this was actually at uh, Papa, Papa 20. Yeah. Might have met Jeff. Might have thought that I was Jordan's dad. So I, it was the finals. Hey, you're and- from New Zealand, aren't you? 
Go on. Sure. That's right. And it was sort of in the mid-finals, final four, and Bo and Karen's had played a ball, came over, and I said, oh, how are you playing? How are you feeling? Um, are you worried about the other players? Something like that. And he's like, I'm only interested in my game and how well I'm playing. I'm cho- he says, I'm tuning out what every other player is doing, where they're at. I'm only focused on my game. And so that's – I prefer that. I don't want to know the, the stakes and what I've got to do because I, I can I, – oh, my God. I can ch- – and I'll give you a very good example of when I did choke when I was playing ping golf. I was playing my thing. All I had to do was get a par three and I would have won. And I, because I knew that, I choked and ended up getting a par four and came second. So I would rather not know because it, it freaks me out. I agree. But I think people, this is more for the people watching on the stream and uh, looking forward to using pinwin.ai. Thanks very much, Simon, for creating this. What else is new, Ryan? I know you're probably, do you guys get People Magazine there? You must be. Uh, I don't know. People Magazine? People Magazine. Is that something in Australia slash New Zealand? I think so. <laughs> God. I get it. Probably used to be. I mean, a magazine's still a thing. Well, they just announced the sexiest man alive, and I know you guys were so close, but um, Patrick Dempsey won it. And the reason I bring it up is I think Pinball Life is doing a <laughs> sexiest men of pinball calendar. Yeah. You guys must have submitted. Come on. I know you haven't made it yet, but for sure. Like, they can't even give you February. They can't give you the sh- Oh, it's a leap near next year. That's one extra day. we got to look at your mug. I just thought you would have had a chance. I know who Patrick Dempsey is. and McDreamy. He, sure. I mean, he, he is a, a good-looking man. He is handsome. He's also 57 years old. There's hope for you, buddy. I was buddy. about to say. I'm, I'm just Googling Patrick Dempsey. I've just read there's a compelling conspiracy theory about how Patrick Dempsey won Sexiest Man of the Year. By the way, Ryan, when you Google somebody's name, you don't have to write nude at the end of the search. <laughs> <laughs> he says... The actor's crowning didn't come with much fanfare. The overwhelming reaction online was, huh? There you go. I mean, yes, he is attractive, but it's not 2005. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff Teolis, glory hole footage. (laughs) Oh, that's what I'm scared of with all the AI. (laughs) Oh, my God. If you type in... (laughs) Jeff Teola's glory hole footage into Google. <laughs> By the way, hold on a second. Which image Wait. is it? Am I on the receiving end or giving end? No, just just the first result that comes up is the Slam Deal podcast. <laughs> what do you? What have I missed, Jeff? Oh God, I love that Google still served up a result, even though there's 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 no obviously you've never done that, Jeff. Obviously not in nineteen not in nineteen ninety nine and not this year, but it still came up with like maybe if you go on the Slam Tilt podcast, it would be the closest experience to Jeff being in a glory hole. I want to go through some emails right now as we wrap up the show, and you can stay with us, uh, Ryan, if you'd like here, because uh, I know you guys got some good emails too, but we're going way back here. Before that, I wanted to still, there were still some games I wanted to talk about. Just my five fast thoughts. Do you remember that? Oh, I loved it. Are you kidding? So I want to talk about Elvira, Blood Red Kiss Edition. So just very quickly. Wait a second. How dare they come out with a game they said was done? Oh, how <laughs> every fucking time and people. I just, so. Good for them for doing it. Sure. Do you agree? Yeah, but I, I don't bring up that point. 
I'm glad you did. I wasn't bringing it up for you to make that point. It was more so, it is absolutely beautiful. It is just such a good idea to do what they did. Okay. That's what I want to say. The other one I want to talk about, because this is post-Expo, right? So a lot of things happened at Expo. We talked about Labyrinth. You got to play that. Um, The other one I want to talk about, well, obviously Elton John, and a couple of things. First of all, it's a Steve Ritchie game, and everyone has commented that it's practically Star Wars or Spider-Man. Yep. It's not Star Wars. Star Trek and Spider-Man. So this is now the trilogy of games. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, but people like those games as well, right? Correct. So I've sort of likened this because people were a bit disappointed at first because it's practically the same layout. It's not. It's different enough and it's going to play completely different. But the what they've thrown into that game is just phenomenal. But the, the big point I want to make about this Elton John pinball machine is that is the best promo video of pinball ever. Yep. Absolutely. Hands down. I was like, oh, Elton John, not interested. By the end of that video, I'm like, oh, fuck. I, I really want this game. That's how you do a promo video. Hmm. Did you buy it then? No, I was going to sell your Godzilla, but. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't know for another like six months or whenever I come pick it up. <laughs> exactly. Oh, um, but I just wanted to get your overall impressions just by looking at the promo and the game. What are your thoughts? I, th- I think it looks great. Uh, I, I agree. The, like, you can't fault that, that promo video. I think thematically, it's the kind of game where people will start to nitpick it at things. You know, if it was Back to the Future or some, some other, you know, Jaws, that's when people, if they release a video like this, would just be salivating. But because it's Elton John, which is not everyone's cup of tea, then they're going to screenshot the tiny dancer and zoom into their face and say, Oh, look at this. You know, like her face doesn't look great. And it's like, cool. Like, are you, is that the, is that the pinball machine? Is that, is that what is stopping you from spending, you know, 20,000 Australian dollars? It's not, you just don't want the pinball machine and you want to be cool on the internet. Yeah. It's too expensive for me. And that's the only reason why I, I wouldn't buy it, but it looks great. I showed my mum. She told me to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe for a 65th birthday, I will. I had high hopes for the game. And then I went to the launch and, and saw it. And it really mm. looks fantastic and sounds yep. great. And congratulations, Steve Ritchie and Jersey Jack. I hope it does really well for you because it really looks like a great pinball machine. I didn't get to flip it. It was long, long lineups. And uh, I didn't want to cut the line or anything like that. When I say that, it means I didn't want to wait in line. And I know I'll get to play it, and I'm looking forward to playing it. But I uh, saw a lot of gameplay and liked everything I saw. So, yay, good for them. Yeah, I think probably the I think early disappointment people had is like, you know, me in particular was like, okay, well, if Steve wasn't happy at Stern, maybe he'll be happier at Jersey Jack and therefore get a, a better game. And I'm, I'm going to give you this quote because this is I look when I was looking up all Steve Ritchie's games, I saw this quote on the IPDB page for Atari Superman, where he said, "I left Atari to make pinball machines at Williams before Superman was manufactured." Dot 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 dot. I was also a lot happier working at Williams. Happiness being an important ingredient that enables a designer create to his or her potential. So the reason why I brought that up, I think it's interesting because he's now gone to Jersey Jack. I'm like, okay. You know, Steve Ritchie, come on, man. You're my boy. You're my homeboy. Listen to me. I don't know what I'm doing. But 
I'm like, okay, you've now got new team. You've got full carte blanche. What are you going to do? And you give me a layout that I've already seen. And, and I think that's what a lot of people's expectations were like, huh. And it was similar to, I think, Stranger Things when Brian Eddy is like, oh my God, he made the best games in the world. What are you going to do? Oh, it's a layout that's the same. And maybe that is just a, a safe intro to these people for Brian Eddy back into the pinball industry for Steve Ritchie into a new company is, well, I'm going to give you one of my known tried and true playfields, go crazy with everything else. And I think that's what they've done. Well, you asked about his happiness. He is thrilled to be at Jersey Jack. He expressed that several times. So uh, I've talked to him as well on Pinball mm. Profile and uh, happier than a pig in shit, as they say. Yep. Welcome back, Steve. Yeah, for sure. That's what I'll say. Yep. I remember having a chat to Steve and, and I said, I'm not sure how I phrased my question, but I think it was like, how long do you think do you see yourself in pinball? And, and this was a couple of years ago when he was still at Stern. He said, for as long as I enjoy doing it, I really enjoy doing it. Like someone's going to have to pretty much tap me on the shoulder and say, stop making pinball machines. So I'm glad he's happy. And uh, it's, it's great to see someone design a pinball machine at so many different companies, right? Like you look at Star Wars and some people love it, some people hate it. But if you have, say, uh, Elton John and Star Wars side by side and you kind of look at that that world the lights the interactivity it's night and day so i'm glad that he he can work with a larger bill of materials agreed okay we're going to our emails as we wrap the show up right now and if you want another show send us an email again we didn't read them over the last few episodes so uh, mark lawrence sent us a really nice one basically wanted to know our uh, thoughts on arcade so that's kind of why we brought that up earlier mark and he really wanted us to check out one i want to see is rob burke's pastimes arcade in yes Ohio. that's the one i really want to check out because i mean it's just hundreds of games and uh hoping to get there very soon and maybe see some some big time events there and, and unlike the hall of fame a lot of techs on hand and uh Games are working and stuff, so congrats to Rob Burke for putting that one on. Next one's from Daniel H. He says, I was going to say something about how begging for email is beneath you all, but then I remembered who I was emailing. So I'm writing this one this week to keep the crap train rolling. Anyway, I hear the curtains calling. Stay moist. Later, cunts. <laughs> Just perfect email. We love our fans. Almost the same from Zane G. Thanks, guys, for another great show. Just finished up curtains. This email with all its flaccidity. Is that a word? Flaccidity? <laughs> sure. This email with all flaccidity is an attempt to stroke your ego so that I can get the payoff I want, which is another episode. If all it takes is 20 second email, then here it is. Keep well, be well. Cheers. Next from from Rex S. Thanks so much for putting on an excellent show. You both have created the greatest pinball podcast on the air right now. I mean, it's true. Love listening to your cunts shoot the pinball shit. And of course, I appreciate the ever-growing pile of bodies Marty leaves in his wake. Bloodthirsty maniac. Thanks, I'm still Rex. alive. I'm still alive. <laughs> for now. But as soon as the show finishes, the electric shock goes into your microphone. You got it. And Joe LaMera giggles. Kimberly, I have to be touching the microphone with my mouth. What do you think the birds were sent over there for? (laughs) Kimberly R, by the way, uh, we didn't really, it's not really an email. Um, She and Nick are are big fans of the show living in Florida. And a few episodes ago, I asked for an AI image 
Kim heard this and she made it and it's great. So I told her she's hired. <laughs> so whenever I need something goofy, Kim's my go-to for something quick and, and weird. Cause I know you're so, so busy, Marty. You still do the, the other ones, but Kim's my go-to for AI weird shit. Or I just go on my Instagram that I'm sending Ryan and find a couple of monkeys grabbing each other's nuts or fingering a-holes. Anyway, Kim, thanks very much for that. So um, <laughs> appreciate it. Okay. This next one. This next one is really interesting. This is from Dijan, who I've been, we've spoken to for years and years and years. But he's, he's, he sent an, an email with the, type, the the subject of the email writes, Tristo Cosmatith Medvedev. What Medvedov. does that mean? Wow. Well, I now know what it means. It actually, in the Urban Dictionary, okay, it's Slovenian for, it stands for 300 hairy bears. It says, which is one of the most cruel Slovenian curses. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I thought he was just banging away at his typewriter. That's a real thing. <laughs> and then it actually, look it up. I did. Uh, it, actually, it, no, it actually gives some examples. So, so you, if you, like, let's say if you fell over or you stubbed your toe, you'd say, Christo, Cosmoth, Medvedov, whatever it is. 300 hairy bears. That's <laughs> what it means. <laughs> Oh, instantly my favourite. Anyway, even better is his message, which says, Dear cunts, my 20 seconds of effort so that the show can still exist. Cheers, Dijon. I love that Thank people you. use the show that exists or just the, <laughs> that's just such your calling cards. Okay. Jeff R. gave us a good one when I saw you were having a mystery guest who wound up being Raymond Davidson. I had to tune in to see if it was me. Imagine the relief when Raymond popped up and did a fantastic job keeping it together between Jeff and Marty's flirt show. He is a true professional. You both touched on a balance between accessibility and still making a game good for competition. I think the main thing in achieving that is player choice. If a game has legit balanced routes to big scores and not just a single route, it really goes a long way. Let the sharpshooters finish modes and roll up big end game points or let the brainiacs chase the complicated multiplier rules all while giving newcomers a puncher's chance with a reachable multi-ball. Hmm. He said, aside from that, don't, don't give me a boring layout. Cough, venom, cough, and I'm all good. <laughs> it's a fun game. It's a fun game. Good episode, plenty fun. of fun, and verbal jerk-off segment goes here. Hopefully we run into each other soon. Hope so too, Jeff. Okay, the Jeff Rivera. We're just going to say who it is, right? Uh, I just wanted to say, just from the Pinball Podcast, by the way, if you haven't listened to it, do it with um, yep. him and Jeff Jessonato. He is honestly just the nicest person you can meet. He really is such an awesome guy. Didn't you hang out with him in Utah? Yeah. Yep. He's just great. He's very, he's very funny too. Whenever he messages me, which is not very often, it's usually a, a very ex- extremely witty, smart-ass comment, yep. and I appreciate yep. it. Very clever. Yep. He's awesome. We are glad to have you in our lives, Jeff. That's Jeff Rivera. I wasn't going to say Jeff Tellers. What did Brad say? Brad said, boys, I frantically clicked on curtains to make sure you hadn't caught a quits. Boy, was I in for surprise. Glad to know there's still plenty of your juicy content coming. Brad Albright, too, the fine illustrator, too. I, I saw him at Expo, which bummed me out because he was busy. Every time I walked by, he was talking to somebody, so I didn't want to interrupt. But... Uh, did great work. Did the cover of the Stern Pro Circuit uh, final poster. So I've got that in my house. All the best to you, Brad, and hope to see you soon. Hi, Brad. I've still got your. I, I've still got Brad's uh, Attack from Mars 3D thing in my dirty dungeon on yes. my wall. Thank you, Brad. Yep. 
It's it's really funny about Brad because Brad for me is somebody that's really famous in pinball. And so whenever I'm at a, at a show like TPF, no no exception, he comes up to me, goes, "Hey, how are you, Martin?" I'm like, "Oh shit, this is somebody famous that knows who I am." So it's funny. I like Brad. We do, and we like you, and we like when you email us. So please send your emails to finalroundpinball at gmail.com. We're also on Instagram. I forget what it is. That's not the one I use to send <laughs> shit to Ryan, but uh, what is it, Marty? The email is finalroundpinball at gmail.com. So the lovely Kim Quatt also sent us an email saying, final round pumpkin heads, here's a quickie on break from work. This means another podcast. Thanks, Kim. Just if, you, if you're in doubt, think of Marty just curling up in a corner, rocking back and forth, and Zach Many saying that head-to-head was trending down and, and the effect that that had on the pinball world and yep. and do the opposite to that and just yeah, just, just cater to these two fine gentlemen's egos and they'll keep on producing content. Yeah, That's how we have very, very fragile egos. <laughs> no question about it. Ryan, I'm sure I'll be talking to you on Instagram soon, hopefully not catching you <laughs> in the middle of an act. Uh, sorry to... To ruin your routine. Uh, <laughs> what are the times of day you do that? It's like there's four different times. What time is it? On the hour. On the hour. Every hour. Yeah. The trick is to just no, no rhyme or rhythm. Just whenever, whenever the Viagra kicks in. Guys, we're in November. Does that mean, and I'm hoping, we get another head-to-head uh, Christmas episode or holiday episode? I think we are, aren't we? We don't talk about it, but I think it's it's it's, <laughs> it's usually, what happens. <laughs> what happens? It's almost like a yearly tradition. We catch up at Hashman's Christmas party and yeah. go, yeah. "Are we doing it? Yep, okay." That's <laughs> what happens. Yeah. So November the uh, sorry December the ninth, we will decide. Yep. Correct. <laughs> Ryan, the editing has gone back to me on final round because somebody's too fucking busy because he has to make all this time for the grand final weekend because he's such a huge AFLer. Uh, no, he does fuck all. And now I got to edit this show and Pinball Profile. Does that mean you'll have to edit the head-to-head show? If you would like the most poorly edited. <laughs> Do you remember Jesse J's Pinball Podcast and how badly that was edited? It's just not it. It's just uh, I don't think editing and Ryan go well together if you want It's quality. easy. I'll if- give you a quick tip. When you're recording, just make sure there aren't a fucking million birds in the background. It's a piece of cake. <laughs> You know, it's, it's weird because when I'm on work calls, I think like Google Meet and Teams, uh, they all have like very, re- like really good inbuilt filters for like, if this is not a human being talking, then don't, don't play it. So birds sometimes go really crazy and sometimes I get ducks that jump in my pool when I'm outside and I ask people on my, call, on my work call, can anyone hear this? And they're like, no, you're going crazy, Ryan. There's no ducks there. So Skype, Skype's behind the times. Well, then we should just say so long then. That's it. We should hang up, shouldn't we? Until the next time, my name is uh, Jeff Teolis. We had Ryan C. here. And what's your name, cunt? My name as a cunt is Jeff Teolis. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, later, dudes. (laughs) Bye, guys.